Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. I'm back. Sean is away today. She just took a quick day because she's got some friends in town and she wanted to show them around. She will be back tomorrow. So far this week, it's felt very quiet around here. Like, traffic has been quiet. Uh, our text line has been quiet. I don't know what it is. I think maybe like since it's kind of the first first week of July, maybe people take vacation. Now, the kids are off school. Maybe you take your early summer vacation here. Even like on my street, uh, all the people are getting their their big RVs ready to go. And we're going to talk a bit about that on the show. Some of the ridiculous RVs on my street. Um, and I know also like Stampede starts this week. And there are people in Calgary who don't really like being in the city during Stampede. Because of how, well, one, how busy it gets. And if you're not a big fan of the Stampede. I'm very much looking forward to Stampede this year. I'm planning to hit, up a, hit it up a couple times. And you know the kids love it. So, um... That starts on Friday, and then things will probably feel quite a bit more busy around here. On today's show, something unusual that Calgary Transit is planning to try tomorrow. Got some retail rock, my wife's news. We'll talk a bit about Brad Wall counseling an organizer of the trucker convoy. This story came out yesterday, and we'll, we'll get into the details in a, a, bit, a, bit, a bit. We were talking recently about hitting a deer with a vehicle. Well, I got a couple stories about that. The delays in travel and passport applications that are happening right now. I have another white girl saying for you, this one is a good one. But first, how about a good hard kick in the junk for each and every Canadian so nobody's reproducing? How about that? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Yesterday was uh, Independence Day, July 4th, 4th of July for our American friends. And one of the traditions on the 4th of July is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on Coney Island. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's super gross. It's really, it's hard to watch, really. I'll be honest with you. I, don't, I can't even really watch it. It's how they stuff hot dogs. Like, you know, they use the water, and then they stuff them in there. It's, ugh, it's gross. It's really gross. But Joey Chestnut won again yesterday. Joey Chestnut has won 15 of the last 16 years in this contest. Some have called him the most dominant athlete of our generation. But partway through the contest, where they're eating hot dogs, uh, this protester ran on stage in a Darth Vader mask, and he was holding a, a sign that said, Expose Smithfield's Death Star. And Smithfield is the company, the food processing company that supplies pork to Nathan's, who makes the hot dogs for the contest. And they were, this guy was protesting the conditions at the Smithfield food processing plant. But as he runs out there, he bumps into Joey Chestnut. And you don't bump into 15-time world champion Joey Chestnut when he's gotten hot dogs, okay? So Joey grabs the guy by the neck. And, like, they called it a chokehold. It wasn't really a chokehold. He looked like he was trying to assassinate this protester. You know, Sean and I were just talking about that TV trope of, like, snapping someone's neck with your bare hands. It looked like Joey Chestnut tried that on this protester. And he gives the neck a good reef. And then the guy goes down. And then Joey continues on eating hot dogs and, and actually ends up winning the contest. 
Remarkable play. I thought it was maybe a bit a bit of an overreaction, given that the guy was just kind of standing there, that he just kind of bumped Joey Chestnut. But you know who loves that kind of physical play? Chester, something, I don't know, they're putting back hot dogs, I don't really get it, but I love a guy who plays a good physical game and watch this here, kid's gonna take a bump from this goofy protester, he's got the hot dog in his hand, look, look, right, right here, he's gonna, he grabs him by the neck, look at rock him, stalk him, hot dog him, and he takes him down to the ice, ah, that's how you do it, dummy and hot dogs, keeping politics out of that game, and to fight, I have another white girl saying for you, uh, and this one, unlike most of the recent ones we featured, was not submitted by anyone. We have a team of people out there scouring the world for the best white girl phrases uh, and doing a great job of it, but this is one I actually noticed on my own. I try to stay up on the trends in white girl sayings, white girl quotations, and the big one right now has to do with givers versus takers talking about givers and takers. Are you a giver or are you a taker? The girl posting it, of course, she is a giver. She's a good person. She gives so much, so much of her energy. And all these takers around here are just taking it, sapping all of her energy, these takers. Now, I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you an example. There's a, this one this phrase that I keep seeing pop up, and it says, like, as a giver, you need to have boundaries because the takers sure don't have any. Oh, is that good? That hits all the sweet spots for white girls. We're talking about boundaries. We're talking about givers versus takers. Talking about how good and pure we are when everyone else is bad. I love this. I love this one. How many my heart is fulls out of 10 do we give this on the scale? I'm going to say it gets nine. My We're going big. Nine, my heart is fulls out of ten. Nine, I get to marry my best friend engagement photo captions out of ten for this one. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Based on everything we're hearing, if you're planning to travel anywhere right now, expect delays. Expect some serious, serious delays. Of course, with airlines and airports, most notably Pearson Airport in Toronto, the delays there are, I guess, just insane. But also, like the lineups at passport offices have grown ridiculously long as the government tries to work its way through this like backlog of passport applications that piled up during the pandemic. You've probably heard about this, right? Like people are camping out at passport offices so that they can, you know, get their passport renewed to travel for vacation or to see loved ones. People are I've heard people are traveling to provinces where the lineups aren't quite as long to get their passports renewed and then traveling home and then leaving the country and the government has actually brought in this new tool where you can see what the wait times are at different passport offices we have the two here in calgary there's the one at the harry hayes building downtown and then there's the one in the southeast um sun park drive but those aren't open right now so i can't check what the wait times are but this is i mean like if you're, if you're trying to go anywhere it's gonna it's gonna take a little while so how how is the government addressing this issue of the ever growing lines at passport offices uh, they have a plan. They got a good plan. Chairs. They've ordered chairs. 801 chairs, to be specific. 266 chairs with armrests. 535 chairs without armrests. Hard plastic for ease of cleaning. Uh, this is the work of a government task force that was put together by the Prime Minister's office to improve government services. 
Uh, and it sounds like this, ta- this task force is all over it. They got chairs coming. We hear you're waiting a long time at the passport office. We got chairs. We got some chairs. Let's, uh, let's get this task force working on some of our other most pressing issues, right? Can't get in to see a family doctor. That's a real issue in some places. How about an apple a day for each Canadian? You won't even need to see a doctor then. Can't buy a house. Well, I bet we could. I bet we could dig up some surplus tents from the Canadian forces. Has anyone checked the storage units at Wainwright? Bet there's some old military tents in there. Reproductive rights. How about a good hard kick in the junk for each and every Canadian so nobody's reproducing? How about that? The BNS and Twenty Minutes or Less podcast. There's this huge motorhome parked on our street right now, and McKenna and I drove past it yesterday, and she was like, "Wow, that's a nice. That is a nice unit." She said, "How much do you think that thing is worth?" And I was like, oh, I don't know, like probably 250000 bucks at least. And she thought, oh, it's got to be worth more than that. So she looked it up. Uh, a new model of that particular motorhome starts at 894000 U.S. dollars. So there's, do, the, do the conversion. There's over a million dollars in motorhome just sitting, on the, just sitting on the street by my house. If that was a million-dollar car... People would stop and take pictures with it, wouldn't they? It would be a big deal to see a car like that. But we think you kind of forget how much some of these RVs are worth, right? Some of these big motorhomes and the big, big trailers, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's sort of the same thing in this province with trucks. With trucks. They're so common here that you forget how a new truck in a top trim level is worth like $90,000. And they're just everywhere. They're everywhere here. $90,000 trucks all over the place in Calgary. In some neighborhoods, every house has a $100,000 trailer in the driveway, and it's pulled by a $90,000 truck, and it costs $1,000 in gas right now anytime you pull it anywhere. But it's Alberta. And so many of these people have these things that you barely even notice anymore. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Justin, who hosts X Middays, is in studio. Uh, I was just talking about how there's this RV parked on my street, and we looked it up, and it's worth over a million dollars, this motor. No way. Yeah. No way. So I was, I know, I was blown away by it. It's, it's so nice. But I, I was talking about this on the show, and then I got a message from a guy who works in insurance, and he said he has seen uh, motorhomes worth over 2 and $4 million. Are you kidding me? So I looked into this, and it, what they do, is they take those you know those Prevost buses okay I think they're made in, uh, in Quebec yeah and people will buy those and then they will like turn them into motorhomes basically I think that's what like big artists do for their tour buses oh and stuff. my god but yeah they're worth like two three four million bucks so my question for you mm-hmm. as a family man who owns a house has two kids <laughs> yeah if I gave you a million dollar motorhome okay. free and clear mm-hmm. would you give up your house and live in it ah I, I I don't know because I feel like I feel like a lot, it would come with a lot of like ridiculous amenities. It would come with a lot of like the luxury stuff, and yes. that's that's what pushes it over the edge, right? Is you know it's going to come with a hot tub, and it's going to come with <laughs> the world's most expensive sound system, yeah. and it's like I don't I don't need that stuff as a family man. I need I need space for you for storage to. for my kids' <laughs> exercise,er and the the swing thing that we have for the baby, yeah. and the the jolly jumper, and like all of that crap. I need space, man. Right? You don't need. Nat- 
Apple Leather Couches, you need <laughs> an extra room. Yes. For, yeah. I, I need I need four bedrooms. Yeah. I need at least two bathrooms. Would love a basement. So for me to be in a, in a hallway on wheels that's decked out to the nines, it only does so much for me. That's true. And I mean, it probably comes with its own set of maintenance costs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that's not cheap to maintain a oh, unit that God. size. No. And then where do you, like, where do you park it? Where yeah, do you, yeah, where do you park? That's that's funny. Actually, that, now that you bring this up, I um, we uh, we lived in our, our travel trailer um, last summer. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we, we had spent a few months living in our travel trailer. Were you in between um, places? Yeah, just as, as we were moving between places, we figured summer was the best time to do it. Yeah. And so we, we managed for a few months. That was before our second was born. So it was okay. just... My wife, myself, and my my first daughter. How big's the trailer? Uh, I we're talking like it was a forty thousand dollar travel trailer, okay. so it's it's nothing crazy. But while we were staying at a, a an RV park, there was a guy there who I had bumped into while all of our kids were playing at uh, at the park there. Yeah, and he had said that him and his wife decided over the pandemic that they were going to sell their house and he was going to do all of his business stuff. He was a, a jujitsu trainer. Okay. He was going to do it all online, and so they bought a travel trailer, and they were traveling all, all around the country. Really? Because he was making more doing his stuff online, and then they were saving all of the money of, like, a house cost and, and yeah. a brick-and-mortar shop for him to do all of his stuff, and he was they were traveling around the country while he was still doing all this stuff. And was their plan to just do it indefinitely? Uh, I, I think they wanted to see a lot before they really settled down, Yeah. but they, they were definitely doing it long-term. Because it'd be weird to not have a home base. Right? Wouldn't it? Like, even if you're on the road a lot, you still think that you need somewhere where, like, most of your stuff is. Yeah. You come it, back it, where your friends are. Yeah, where your friends right? and family and yeah. stuff are. You would think that you would want somewhere that you could just, you know, go back to once it's all done. But I suppose you're just, you know, you're free to go wherever it is that you want to go from there. Yeah. Park on a different street every night or a different campground or <laughs> different yeah. Walmart parking different lot, Walmart parking lot, a different music <laughs> festival, different. I, man, I could see doing it when I'm retired. Mm-hmm. Like if McKenna and I have one of these units and yeah. drive down to the States, he, drive around for a couple months, that'd be a blast. Oh yeah. It would be a good, good time for a few months. And, but he had like, he had four kids ranging from like two years oh. old to 12 years old. Yeah. So like, you know, they're dealing with all of these different stages of kids as they're traveling across the country. They're plan to go down into the states for a little while how do you do that i mean we have a decent sized house and i almost killed the kids yesterday <laughs> so like to be like you said in a hallway on wheels with no end in sight i'm, I'm with you man i tip my toque to this guy because i i wouldn't be able to do it he's a stronger man than i for sure VNS in 20 minutes or less. a friend of mine her dad just had a quite a scare he hit a deer with his car and the deer went through the windshield and out the back window. Like, that is... And he thankfully somehow walked away. That is quite a bit of weight coming very, very fast. It could do some serious, serious damage if it hits you in the wrong spot. But, I mean, we were just talking about uh, about hitting deer with, with vehicles on this show recently. And then I heard this story from friend of the show, Trav. I was uh, about 13 at the time, and my older brother had just bought this rusty old Trans Am and we were cruising down the highway near Nippon, and we were going probably 30 over the speed limit, and we had the T-tops down. And we ended up hitting this smaller size doe, and it slid up the hood of the car, up the windshield, and its back legs came into the T-top opening and cut the deer in half. And uh, 
the bottom half of the deer, its legs, ended up in the back seat, staining the, uh, the nice white seats completely red. And uh, legs were still kicking, and uh, yeah, it was awful. That, it, that would be traumatizing. Yeah, like you don't really think much about hitting deer. I think just because, I mean, most people, most people are unharmed when they hit a deer. It's more like moose and that you have to be really afraid of. But these stories uh, show that hitting a deer is no joke. One of the wildest ones I ever heard wasn't a deer. It was a duck, and it wasn't a car. It was a small plane. This dude my dad knows. He was he was up in his small plane at night. He was training for like his nighttime raiding so he could fly at night. And he's flying along, flying along, and I, th I don't know what kind of plane it was, but it was small. And the next thing he knew, like the windshield was gone and there was blood everywhere and like glass all over him. And he'd hit a duck. He'd hit, he'd hit a duck way up there at night. And he said there was, he had to clean the plane out the next day and there was nothing left of the duck. It was just, it was gone. But the craziest part about that one is then he had to somehow get to the next airport and land this plane with no windshield. Just eating the night air, covered in glass and duck blood. VNS in 20 minutes or less. We got to stop flushing flushable wipes. Maybe you saw this story yesterday. Again, didn't include it in the news, but uh, they're having a big problem with flushable, quote-unquote, flushable wipes in Calgary's sewer system. And I... I get it. You want to run a you want to run a clean bee, right? We all want to run a clean bee, but these flush these flushable moist wipes aren't really flushable. They said that city crews respond to thousands of calls for sewer blockages every year, and when they get in there, they find things that aren't supposed to be flushed, including flushable moist wipes. And that's on the manufacturer, isn't it? That's that's false advertising, really. They're flushable in the sense that they they will flush. They will disappear from your view down the toilet, but they don't flush well. They don't break up like toilet paper does. So if you're going to use like the flushable moist wipes, they, they really have to go in the garbage, which I get it is also kind of gross, but it's not as gross as an unclean bee, and it's not as gross as whatever the sanitation workers of this fine city are trying to clear from the pipes down there. The bidet, of course, is the, the fully evolved version of bee maintenance. But it hasn't really caught on that widely in the Western world. And really, I mean, financially, it's not in the cards for many people. Bidets are somewhat expensive. So then you're stuck with the so-called flushable wipes. But don't flush them. Don't flush them. I'm glad as a city we could have this talk about the state of our bees. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Perhaps you saw this story. I didn't have it in the news there just a moment ago. But it was a big story yesterday that the former premier of Saskatchewan, Brad Wall, counseled one of the organizers of the Freedom Convoy when that whole thing was going on. A guy named Chris Barber, uh, who has been charged for his role in the convoy, with mischief, obstructing police, counseling others to commit mischief and intimidation. Um, there was a series of texts between the two and several phone calls. And Bradwell says he knows Chris Barber through relatives in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, where they're from, but he wouldn't give specifics to that relationship. And, I mean, Chris Barber, there are some... There are some screenshots of things he said online in the past, and some of it is uh, quite derogatory, even racist. Um, how you feel about this story, I think, is going to depend heavily on what you think the Freedom Convoy was. Was it a mostly peaceful protest with a few bad apples, or was it an illegal occupation of our nation's capital led by white supremacists? Where do you fall on that? Now, like, as for the, the quote-unquote counsel that Brad Wall 
actually offered. If you read about it, it's it's pretty tame and it's honestly quite reasonable. I would say he 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 cautioned Chris Barber to disavow any racism in the movement. He suggested donating the funds that they had raised because they raised all that money during the convoy to donate that to charity. And then he ultimately asked if Chris Barber had considered ending the protest in Ottawa. So, like, unless your issue is simply that a former premier was even talking to this guy, that's fairly sound advice, wouldn't you say? Where it gets a bit more sticky is when Brad Wall suggested, if you read through this, that his daughter's boyfriend was living in Ottawa and that he could meet up and provide supplies with the convoy. So if you view the convoy as an illegal occupation, well, now you know Brad Wall could be seen as doing more than offering sensible advice. That sounds a bit more like he's helping out. Also, does it make a, does it make a significant difference to you that he is a former premier? Like, as a now private citizen, is he allowed to text and call who he wants? Or do you consider the fact that even though he's no longer running a province, he's, he's still an important and respected voice for conservatism in this country? Because he is. Like I said, how you feel about this story is probably going to hinge on how you already felt about it. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Uh, I'm Beckler. Sean is away this morning, and when she is, sometimes we turn to my wife, McKenna, to help write the morning news, or at least her version of what she thinks the X-99 morning news should be. And she's done that here. McKenna's. X-92.9 News. I will read it word for word. Hi, guys. I'm back. Get ready for the top news stories going on in the world right now. This one is going to be good. One of Bachelor Nation's favorites, Ivan Hall, claims he makes more as an influencer than his old job as an engineer. While selling gummy bear hair gummies isn't for everyone, Ivan says he enjoys it. <laughs> Lots of Bachelor contestants do, however, go back to their regular jobs after filming. Jillian Harris went back to her job as an interior designer. Chris Sewell's went to work back on the farm, and Tanner Tolbert is slinging cars. I would take the gummy bear route myself. Taylor Swift has supposedly gotten engaged to her beau, Joe Alwyn. A source close to Joe reported that the couple has been engaged for a few months, but both have kept their mouths shut about it. They've told close friend, family and friends, but they all have been sworn to secrecy. I guess someone can't keep a secret. In brackets, the source. Lol. Taylor wears her ring only around the house behind closed doors. Everyone loves candy, so here are the summer 2022 hottest candies on the market right now. Toxic Waste Lime Sucker, Sour Patch Kids Crush Edition, Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew, ew, Kool-Aid Fruity Chews, Wrap Snacks Chicks, Chips, Hawaiian Punch Cotton Candy. I bet these are all American. I guarantee these aren't available in Canada. High Chew Fantasy Mix. Oh, that looks good. Yum. Sour Pickles, Firework Oreos with popping candy inside. We should get some of these for the boys. I bet they would love them. Skittles Freezer Pops, Summer is Short, and Candy is Forever. And finally, a Calgary athlete flew to Europe two weeks ago and still doesn't have his luggage. And that's all she's written on that one. You're... Your morning news from my wife, McKenna. You are now informed, I suppose. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I have a few more examples of retail rock for you. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, this is a term we have coined to refer to music that you're now most likely to hear in a retail setting, specifically a grocery store. Songs that were big enough that you probably know them, everybody knows them, but they don't really have anywhere to live anymore other than on the playlist at a grocery store. So the first one comes from a friend of the show, Wade. Wade was at the co-op, 
And this one came on on the speakers, and he saw a woman singing along to it. And I was like, well, that's perfect. Uh, it's this song. I mean, short of its use in Zoolander, you're very likely, very unlikely to hear Frankie goes to Hollywood anywhere else but the grocery store. And the fact that he saw this woman singing along, I always think the best research for retail rock happens out in the field. It's when you're in stores and you hear a song and you're like, oh man, that's right. This is where I would hear this song. Like, here's another one. I don't remember who submitted this, but imagine you're in a grocery store and it's late at night and you're just picking up a few things. It's pretty empty in there and you hear... That is peak retail rock. Teddy Geiger had a lot of promise early in his career. Now he lives at the grocery store. One, one more for you. I don't remember if we ever featured this one or not, but. I'm guessing there are people who still go back and listen to Macy Gray. Maybe she doesn't fully qualify as retail rock but that song played like that it sounds like you're in a grocery store the bns and 20 minutes or less podcast mm -hmm. we mentioned this yesterday but the city of calgary is running a karaoke bus calgary transit karaoke bus i think tomorrow in brentwood from 11 a.m to 1 p.m and my first thought upon hearing that story like where you can get on a bus and sing karaoke just like a regular calgary transit bus with karaoke is like what a long way from covid that is. We only recently stopped wearing masks on transit, and now the bus is duckies on a Friday night. And I'm not a party pooper, man. If this sounds like your thing, you go nuts. Music on transit, as long as everyone wants to hear it, is great. Like, you remember back when we had the Arkells on the X train? That was so much fun. We took over a train car, a C train car. We brought the band on, a bunch of fans. They sang. We all sang. It was a great time. This was pre-COVID, of course, but it was super cool. The kid blasting mumble rap through a Bluetooth speaker, through a tiny Bluetooth speaker, that's not quite as cool because I'm guessing not everybody on the train wants to hear that. But we would assume everyone who gets on the karaoke bus wants to hear slash perform karaoke. We assume. We assume. Friend of the show, Cosmo Scott Niski sent me a message yesterday. That's his real name, by the way. Cosmo Scott Niski. And he warned me that if you say his name three times, he will appear. Uh, he brought up a good point. He said, imagine being late for work, hungover, and you accidentally get on the karaoke bus. Oh, no. And you got a long trip. You got a long trip across the city, and you hear someone firing up Sweet Caroline at the other end. Nope. Nope, that wouldn't be it. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.